redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. They oh, not. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we will search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Culpa by Keen's Kaleidoscope. All right, welcome back in. We're at podcast number six. Six. I think we're at six. I think that's right. Yeah, that's what comes after five. So how's everybody doing? We're, we're back for another week. Uh, excited to jump into something. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> You know, there's a really big part of me that cannot wait till we start videoing these podcasts and can get just a little... Glad we didn't video last one. Get a little uh, behind-the-scenes look at what actually happens uh, behind the microphone. So uh, just a little teaser. That will happen one day in the future. Uh, don't know if it's the near future or not. But one of you listeners provides us with a nice video camera for filming. Hey, we'll take it, right? That can be part of Merriam-Webster's next donation, mm. yeah. since he is the official, unofficial sponsor. He's my favorite. Yeah. Can Kool-Aid please sponsor us, too? I just love Kool-Aid. Nate, are you a Kool-Aid drinker? I I am very much a Kool-Aid drinker. What flavor? That purple drink. <laughs> Get yeah. that purple. Grape. I'm Grape, going, Tim. I'm going fruit punch all the way. I was going to say, I can't pass the red. You got to go red. Look, if you don't put four bags of sugar in my uh, Kool-Aid, I'm not drinking it. So you're a, you put the flavor in and then manually add the sugar itself? You don't just do one of those little 10-cent packets? No, 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 no. I do almost four bags of sugar and then a packet of flavoring. Isn't that how they make, like, soft drinks? Bunch of sugar and a little bit of liquid? Probably. Yeah. thought that's how they made diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Diabetes. That's too, that's true. Kool-Aid's responsible for diabetes. There you go. Starts them young. How about Juicy Juice? Did y'all ever drink Juicy Juice? Oh, I did. And like the big tin cans that you had to pop open with the can opener? The what? The like can opener. You know, like it was literally a bit, it looked like a big thing of green beans with the Juicy Juice label. And you get the can opener and you literally have to I do remember the, that. I do remember like that. The top that was a the, long time ago. The green bean can. Showing your age yeah. down. Dude. Hey, come on now. All you kids are spoiled now. You never had to. That was before plastic. <laughs> that was before plastic was out there, yeah. kids. <laughs> Dude, there's all kinds of good kids' drinks that I enjoyed. Mondo's. Yoo-hoo's. Yoo-hoo's. They're still there out there. Go. Yeah. Strawberry or chocolate? Do they make strawberry It is a cardinal sin to drink <laughs> strawberry yoo-hoo's. It's the unforgivable sin. I'm just saying. I didn't know there were different flavors of Heck yoo-hoo God. forever. <laughs> just chocolate's all you need. Yeah. Oh, you know, here, I got an idea. Let's do this. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's do our intro again. But this time, when we intro it, uh, give a random fact about yourself that might be slightly humorous. You got it? So, for example, so, for example, hey, welcome in to Fluent Grace Podcast. My name's Tim Wilson. I hate mayonnaise. What's up? 
My name's Colin Cheryl. Welcome to Fluent Grace Podcast. And I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Go ahead, tell it. Uh, what what are we doing? Interesting fact. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be funny, though. I don't care about, you know, how many times you shave your beard. Mm, let me think. I'm not good on the spot, Tim. Or, hey, welcome to Fluent Grace Podcast. My name is Tim Wilson, and one time playing baseball, I got a single on the fourth strike. Mm. How about that? I did, um, I did strike out in slow pitch church softball league, <laughs> and I swore to myself I would never play again. That I wanted to throat punch the ninety year old man that was pitching for a sister from a sister church here in Tuscaloosa. I'm just saying, I was so mortified. Little hey, the man. bad like everybody's watching you, and they have to, yep. they watch you make that walk. Well, well, here's the deal: like halfway through the season, like whenever I got a base hit, I became like the. I felt like the three-legged horse that was in the race that got the lucky break. They're like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm you done. were basically I've, Rudy. I've become Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> I've become Rudy. Everybody was hoisting you up on their shoulders. That's right. Old Tyler That's right. Rudiger. That's right. Tyler, touch the base. <laughs> I felt like the hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm just saying. Did you ever play softball after that year? No. Mm-mm. No. Would you consider anymore. playing it again? Absolutely not. Absolutely. If we got up a Fluent Grace podcast team, <coughs> would you participate? I will. I'll be the water boy. Every team's That's an gotta, essential part of a good yeah. team right there. It is. it is. I'd get a participation trophy. There ain't no doubt. Dude, you'd be spiking our drinks with all kinds of <laughs> – Mission margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I was thinking like sugar, like four cups of sugar. <laughs> that works. <laughs> Personal – that purple drink with all the sugar in it. Are we still on the intro? This is the longest <laughs> intro I think we've ever had. Yeah. What else are we going to talk about? <clears throat> how, was your, how was your week, Tyler? It's great. I saw today that Mike Pence promised that we're going back to the moon within five years. Hey, that sounds fun. Would you go to the moon? I don't really know if we ever went in the first place. Just saying. Conspiracy <laughs> theorists over here. Yeah. Well, see, I'm thinking that uh, we could be the first podcast to live from, live the, moon. from the moon. Oh, my oh. goodness. Come on. <laughs> All right. Dial up, Mike. All right. Uh, you got your phone over there. Dial I him up. I my phone. Tell him we signed up. Fluent grace from the moon. Heck, yeah. I think I would enjoy going to space. Scale of one to ten. One being you would never... Even if you got paid to do it, you would never go into outer space. Ten being you do it without getting paid. You would even pay to go do it. Where would you land on that scale, Tyler? Doesn't have to necessarily be the moon. Could be, but just outer space. I would, uh, ten as you would do it. Oh, I'd yeah. probably be about a seven. Yeah. Colin? I'm going ten. As yeah. long as they give me all of that freeze-dried ice cream that I can eat. <laughs> oh, my God. The kind that stops you up and you can't use the bathroom for months at a time. I haven't had that problem, but uh, that stuff. Everybody's getting a lot more information on Colin they want to know. That stuff is amazing, though. Yeah? I don't. I guess I've had it. Like maybe a field trip to the Space Center? Exactly. That's the only time I've ever had it. It's yeah. like Dippin' Dots, isn't it? Yeah, but frozen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, oh, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like, no doubt about it. Y'all remember a couple years ago when uh, 
that dude did the Red Bull stratosphere jump. Oh, my goodness, yes. Felix Baumgada. From outer space. Landed on a freaking trampoline. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. In, like, the middle of the desert. That was awesome. Yeah. See, I would not do that. No. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. No. But, you know, if, I, if I'm if i going to have to die somewhere, I might as well be outer space. <laughs> you know? That's the, that's the argument that everybody gives for not wanting to do it. They're like, well... Who knows if I'm ever going to make it back, or I don't want to die up there. Is that what we start doing with our bodies when we run out of space to uh, just chunk them up there? You just throw them into the, to space and let hey, them be not? like yeah. human popsicles floating around up there. <laughs> Is that insensitive? I'm sorry. Well, I mean, right now they like throw people just in the ocean. That's true. Well, they've been digested by sea animals. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. I mean, I'm not saying they're still there, but yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, I wonder yeah. how that works with the glorified body. That's what we got to talk about one podcast. What glorified happens? Bodies. What happens to people who die in outer space? Are they glorified in outer space? Huh. I guess they don't have as far to travel when they get to. <laughs> <laughs> they're cl- they're closer to heaven up there, right? <laughs> what about or what about the people who died at sea and their bodies are thrown over and then they're eaten by like a an octopus or something like how does that work that'll take them a little longer to get there <laughs> speaking of all right since we're just talking about random stories right now i was just watching this video when colin walked in earlier i saw this video of a dude that recently got swallowed by a whale oh yeah he was, was out his name jonah no uh no. i don't remember some south african guy but they were out snorkeling off the coast of south south africa and uh, he was just, you know, chilling, taking pics or whatever underwater, and well comes up, whoosh, grabs him. Did he die? No. Popped him right back out. <laughs> hey, now, he didn't swallow him all the way, right? He didn't. Bro, this ain't a plankton. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't digest. Uh, he basically just got half the body in the mouth, and the whale realized, yeah, it's not what I signed up for, and spit him out. <laughs> uh, but he had pictures of this. Like, legit, there was pictures of this guy halfway inside the whale's mouth. Oh, that's impressive. That's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that was impressive. So I seem to remember another story about that. Uh some dude getting swallowed by a whale. Oh yeah? Uh do we know it was a whale? Just saying. Just saying. Come on now, bringing out the Just saying. Just bring the out old the big fish argument. Just bringing out the Bible. <laughs> please, please tell I me mean, the difference between a big fish and a whale. A whale is a big fish. Megalodon. It could have been a, a megalodon. <laughs> It could have been the Loch Ness monster. It could have been. Oh, hey, how about that? Could have been a just straight up dinosaur. Could have been the last living dinosaur of the sea. Welcome to Fluent Grace Podcast <laughs> with thirty minute intros <laughs> about whales and everything in between. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, but there is a story in Scripture about a dude that gets swallowed by a big fish. It is my four year old's favorite story in the Bible. <laughs> His name was Jonah. He got swallowed. Was in the fish for three days and then got vomited up. It's a good story. He was a whiny prophet. We should talk about that one day. Yeah, that's true. He was so whiny. And then when he even even when like he got to Nineveh, he was still whiny. Yeah. He just like went and parked it out under a shade tree and said, This shade's not good at all. (laughs) Said, God, yeah, I'm done with this until like you do what I want. And then God had to reprimand him. Privilege. I feel like he got participation trophies when he was oh, a kid. He did. He did. Jonah. That's a sermon series. The Millennial Prophet. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, speaking of Scripture, how do we know Scripture's uh, true, accurate? We've talked about it a few times on this podcast, but I don't think we've ever dug into the deep details. We've never gone under the sea. Under the <laughs> sea. That is from a movie that happens to be my wife's favorite movie. <laughs> oh, here we go. And now we digress. <laughs> Has a crab named Sebastian. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yay. Movies. But for real, how do we know Scripture's true? Where did it come from? Uh, 66 books in the Bible, right? 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Unless you're Catholic. That's true. Throw a few more in there. Or Mormon. <laughs> oh, it's going to get good today. Yeah. Tyler's, yes, Tyler's talking about the Catholic and Mormon Bible. So me and Colin will sit over here and chat about yeah. the, the real Bible. So anyway, 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 in the New. I got a question. I've actually gotten multiple questions about this over the past couple of years. Uh, one, quite simply, being how do we know uh, the Bible's true? One being uh, how did they know which books to put in the Bible, right? How did they know that Psalms, for example, should be in the Bible? Or how did they know that the Gospel of John should be included? Um, and then I got a question on how do they know where to put verse numbers and chapter breaks in the Bible? How do they know the names of the books and the letters? You're telling me there's not chapters and verses and breaks in the original text? That is what I'm telling you. Mind blown. <laughs> Tyler learned something today that was productive. That was a little bit of sarcasm, but you know, hey, we can call it. We can call it what you want. We'll call it. Hey, I can learn, I'm always learning something, baby. I'm just trying to mine something useful from this first 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, edit and cut. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, but on a serious note, I uh, I think when you know if we're if we're gonna say that we're gearing this podcast towards students, um, students as a whole are, I mean, they don't. Me being a student just a couple years ago, I don't want to hear the whole. Um, well, it's it's just so old, and so many people have believed it for so many years, and that's why it's true. Well, yeah, there's truth to that, but you're not really giving me any what I would call meat to to say that it's true. Um, Homer's Odyssey is very old, and yeah. it's not scripture. There you go. So, um, but just something that, you know, personally when I was digging into this question um, for myself a couple of years ago, I was challenged by someone to dig into it to see where my actual Bible came from. What I came to is the fact that you know, the Bible, like Tim said, has 66 total books, um, right at 40 different authors, written in total to be about 1,500 years apart. And how in that 1,500 years of writing, in the Old Testament, going to the New Testament, there's like 300 prophecies that the Old Testament makes that the New Testament confirms. There's truth in that. And how that all lines up, to me, in itself, um, shows how all the books in the Bible were inspired by God. Because man's um, knowledge or uh, in the subject is not going to line up that perfectly, I guarantee you. Yeah, and so that really goes back to um, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago uh, when we had our uh, episode on faith. Um, just in that, you know, us 
three knuckleheads sitting around this table right here, you know, we can't point to physical evidence that's here sitting in front of us that shows where the scripture comes from. Right? I mean, we can't. There's nothing that we can do to categorically prove that happened. Uh, there are evidences, though, that points us uh, to the reality of Scripture being true. Uh, faith, however, is a big key in, in that. Uh, and if we ever take faith out of it and expect to only um, uh, you know, think about this from a, a logic and reason standpoint, as we discussed a few weeks ago, uh, we're not going to get where we need to be. So uh, I think that needs to be brought out you know, towards the beginning of this discussion is that faith is uh, vitally important to understanding Scripture, to believing Scripture, to knowing Scripture is true. That being the case, you know, what you said about, uh, you know, prophecies in the Old Testament pointing towards uh, things in the New Testament and, you know, the, the fulfillment of those things happening, that's a huge evidence for Scripture being true. Uh, even some of the prophecies that were fulfilled, you know, later on in history, you know, that's a huge evidence for Scripture being true. Or, you know, you read about some of these stories uh, in the Old Testament and some of the, you know, the, the battles that the Israelites won or, you know, whatever it is, their time in Egypt. Uh, and then we've got, you know, these archaeological digs that uncover uh, exactly what the Bible is talking about. So, you know, that's another evidence that points towards uh, Scripture being true. Um, so while we can't, you know, categorically prove it, you know, one way or the other, we have to accept it by faith. Uh, there are evidences that points toward uh, it being true. See. And I think uh, also it's just, you know, like when you read, or when we read, like the most popular verse in the Bible, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, uh, there's physical evidence that we can look into other history books that Jesus was on earth. And the Bible says it as well. So there's another physical-based um, truth to the Bible. Yeah, yeah. There's historians outside of Scripture that point to Scripture. And Josephus. Affirm. Yeah, yeah. Josephus. What was that other guy's name? Uh, Rufus, his cousin. No, I'm just kidding. It's not a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it might be, but no, I don't think so. I don't remember. Some guy started with an I. You know, they had all weird names back then. Ignatius. That might have been him. Early church historian Ignatius. Yeah, probably. But anyway, yeah, you're right. There are uh, historians outside of Scripture that point to Scripture and affirm it's uh, I don't have being the, true. I don't have the facts in front of me, but like a lot of the the um, how we can be confident in our canon is based off of manuscript copies. Canon. Hold on. Pump the brakes. Canon. What's canon? We haven't talked about what a canon is just yet. Tell us, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Enlighten oh, me. <laughs> well, Tyler, you're the one that brought it up. <laughs> Tyler, well, you I, know, I could be talking about pirate cannons. Well, that's what I'm wondering here because, you know, your average uh, listener who doesn't know Scripture might might think that. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, canon, <laughs> real quick. Uh, canon simply means. How do you spell that, Tim? C A N O N. Canon. Uh, it simply means a rule, right, or a measurement. Uh, so when we're talking about the canon of Scripture, uh, it's a rule of faith. Uh, so for the believer, uh, it is the measuring stick uh, to which our lives are supposed to be lived, measured up against. So anyway, all right, there's your definition of canon. You may continue. I was just saying, like, um, if you go back to some of, like, ancient literature, 
um, and you look at manuscript copies and how many times it has been copied over um, and preserved through the years. I mean, that plays a major role into that kind of stuff. And I don't, and like I said, I don't have the the facts in front of me to just sit out here and spew some stuff. And so I'm not. Therefore, I'm not going to just make up something. But I would encourage you to go and research manuscript copies and the scriptures and see what you find. Um, be sure it's from a credible source. I would recommend the Gospel Coalition. Um, Tim, you got anything else that you'd, who you'd well, recommend that, through? Well, that might be something that uh, we can throw up on the old socials. Oh, yeah. We can put a few oh, resources yeah. up there. That'd be uh, a good idea. Maybe a couple of links to some videos. I know I watched a couple earlier today that were pretty helpful, one being from the Gospel Coalition, um, and then one being, I think, from Southern Seminary. Yeah, like I'm, I say that to say so you don't go like Google uh, manuscript copies from like latterdaysaints.org or something yeah, like yeah, that. Because yeah. that will come up on your first page. Yep, you will get yeah. a big pile of poop emoji. Absolutely. <laughs> We've been doing a series uh, this semester on Wednesday nights uh, with our student group uh, looking at different worldviews, biblical worldviews. And how they're wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> And then also, I've been, uh, in some of my school stuff, I've had to uh, research some uh, doctrines in the New Testament, that kind of thing. And so, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just Google, you know, doctrines in the book of First John or something, just to see what comes up. And every single time, the old LDS website pops up, you know, <laughs> church doctrine for you, read it and learn. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you absolutely have to be careful uh, what you come across on the internet. Make sure it is from a credible source. I'd rather you go to Wikipedia than latterdaysaints.org. I'm just saying. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Unless a Mormon wrote on Wikipedia, then I wouldn't want you to go there. <laughs> uh, so back to our big C word. Uh, Tyler's all about breaking off the C words. I think he hit us up with three of them last week. <laughs> then we got canonization this week. Uh, so what is canonization, right? We defined it. Um, but how exactly was that used to produce our scriptures? Uh, what we have uh, in our Bible today. So uh, we've got our Old Testament, right? 39 books, New Testament, 27 books. Um, For a total of? 66. I just held my ear up to the mic. Oh my gosh, can I hear this? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it's been a long week. Yeah, it's Tuesday, folks. It's Tuesday. Um, so there's, there's essentially six pieces to canonization. Um, and this is what was used um, to uh, not determine if, uh, or not to place inspiration onto a writing, but to determine, but to determine if a writing uh, was in fact inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and one of those being, uh, was it written by an apostle or a prophet? Right. So when uh, the early church was looking at these manuscripts, they said, was it written by somebody who had uh, close contact with Jesus. You know, that's that's really the simplest way to break it down. So if you look at a book like, uh, you know, Matthew, disciple of Jesus, he's an apostle. Or John, uh, same thing. The letters of Paul, right? Paul was an apostle of Christ Jesus. So all these books have, um, what well, you know, I don't, again, I'm breaking off a big word here, so forgive me for this, but uh, apostolic authority. Mm. Yeah, how about that? I don't even think I can spell that. I see your C word, and I raise you to an A word. Mm. How about that? Sometimes I see on church signs that their speaker or pastor is apostle, blah, blah, blah. How about that, yeah. Mm. 
We had a discussion about that in class a few weeks ago. And also a bunch of poop emoji? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, folks will debate you on that for sure. Uh, we're not going to today, though. Mm, yeah, because you don't want to know my opinion. I would love to know your opinion. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I probably no apostles nowadays. So if you're out there listening and you think you're an apostle, think again. You can hit me up if you'd like to debate personally over some coffee. Yep, that's right. His number is. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> All right, so that's the first one, right? Canonization. Uh, the first mark of that is it was written by an apostle. The second piece of that, uh, right? We know that every book in the New Testament was not written by an apostle. Right, what about the <laughs> book of uh, Gospel of Mark or Gospel of Luke? They weren't apostles. Um, but they were close associates of apostles. So the, uh, the content that they wrote was approved by an apostle, right? So it had that um, uh, the apostolic content or um, affirmation, right? So that's, part, that's piece two. Uh, piece three was it had to line up with the rest of Scripture. I mean, if, if you had something, for example, the book of Thomas, Right, that's a commonly uh, looked at writing, and folks say, "Well, why wasn't that included in Scripture?" Well, it doesn't line up because uh, most of what it says doesn't agree with the rest of Scripture. And if if a writing does not agree with what we know to be Scripture, then it obviously is not Scripture. Uh, so that's piece three. Piece four: um, faithfulness to previously accepted canonical writings. So, like manuscript. Uh, yeah, so like the book of Hebrews, mm. right? It's faithful to what had already been written um, by apostles and by uh, you know the prophets in the Old Testament, that kind of thing. So that's number four. Number five, it had to have been confirmed by Christ, by an apostle, or by a prophet. So the entire Old Testament would fall into this category, right? We know that the Old Testament was accepted uh, because Christ used it. Christ taught from it. the Psalms. Yeah, exactly. So we have, you know, a number of verses uh, that point to, you know, Christ opening the scriptures and teaching from the book of Isaiah and walking on the road to Emmaus and opening, you know, it says he started from, you know, Moses and the prophets, you know, open to them the scriptures. So we know Jesus used the Old Testament. He didn't use the Old Testament that included the book of the dragon or whatever it is. Oh, Bell and the dragon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. Where Jesus took flight on the mythical Pete the Dragon. Yeah, my little, uh, little nep- my little nephew has a stuffed dragon. It's his favorite little toy animal, Toothless. Y'all ever seen those movies? Speaking of movies, How to Train Your Dragon. I've seen the headline. Never yeah. watched it. Like, I just want to know how, like, how did that even go down? Like, like some guys sitting around a table. Hey, we should put a story about a dragon in our, in our. Uh, our apocrypha. What do you? Well, think? and they put it inside of the book of Daniel, right? So it's not a it's not necessarily a separate book, but it's included within the story of Daniel and the writings of Daniel. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, one of the things that I printed out in looking uh, into some of this stuff um, uh, it was from Bible Research talked about the Old Testament canon and apocrypha, and there's actually a, a summary or synopsis of all the apocryphal books. Which is super interesting. Hey, some of the apocrypha is good history. It's just not. The, oh yeah, it's absolutely. just not. Yep. It's just not um, authoritative in nature. 
like uh, like the rest of our 66 books we have. Yep. Martin Luther actually said, well, I don't know if Martin Luther himself said it, but it's in the Luther Bible from 1534. He said, talking about the Apocrypha, he said, the Apocrypha is books that are not to be esteemed like the Holy Scriptures, and yet they are useful and good to read. Yeah, like the Maccabees, if I yeah. remember right. I had to read the Apocrypha in seminary. I don't remember much of it because it's been a while. Um, but like the Maccabees is like, it's, if I remember right, it's like good history. Some of them is like about the Jewish revolt, talks about the history behind that. And yeah, it's yeah. Good, it's interesting. Yeah. The, uh, the Westminster Confession, right? Y'all heard of that? Mm-hmm. You have? 1689. 1647. Oh, so this might be the, the pre-confession. Chapters 1 and 3. <laughs> the confession to the confession. That's right. To like Usher right now. <laughs> so anyway, the, the old Westminster Confession says, The books commonly called Apocrypha, not being of divine inspiration, are no part of the canon of Scripture. Therefore, are of no authority in the church of God, nor to be otherwise approved or made use of than other human writings. Bro, the Catholics ain't going like that. So basically, boy. it just says the Apocrypha is just like any other writing you look at, right? It's good to read. It's right. like Homer's Iliad or the Odyssey. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. There you go. How to Train Your Dragon. Wow. Come on. So you can read uh, the Apocrypha for its uh, historical and literary value. It's just not inspired uh, by God. What about the Book of Mormon, Tim? What value does it have? It makes for a nice uh, booster seat sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or, I was you thinking know, if you got desperate on the side of the road and needed toilet paper. <laughs> Firestarter. Firestarter also also works. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about the Book of Mormon. Other than, I do know this, there's a verse in it that says the world was supposed to end in like 1864. Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. Right before the Civil War. Yeah. So, I, you know, I read stuff like that, and I wonder, how can you believe this still to be true? I'm just saying I'm not going to take advice from an angel named Moron. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not not listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's one of those things that comes straight from a man. Right? Admittedly so. This man says, it's from me. But, you know, I guess he did claim uh, inspiration. But does it line up with the rest of Scripture? So if we're going to apply the rules of canonization as we've been talking about, does the Book of Mormon line up with the rest of Scripture? Yes or no? Negative. Negative, right. So uh, that that automatically uh, cuts that one out. So we've got, uh, what are we at? We're through number five. The last one was those is the writing confirmed by Christ, apostle, or prophet? The last one is, uh, is this writing uh, recognized and used in the early church? So I thought this was interesting. I was listening to one guy talk about the canon of Scripture, and so he was uh, saying how right the canon that we have and the table of contents, if you will, of our Bible was not finalized and first published until, I want to say it's like 367, something like that. So you've got roughly, you know, 340 years in there that we don't have an official canon, right? But these writings were still out there. They were still being uh, utilized. And what he was talking about was uh, this was before the time of internets and cell phones and encyclopedias and all this. So what the churches would do is they would read, you know, one of the writings of Paul. They would finish with it, and they would take it to another church. And this other church would read it. 
and maybe they had a writing from Peter or whatever, so they would swap writings back and forth. And um, so that's kind of how scripture was passed around. Trading uh, scrolls. There you go, trading scrolls back and forth. Uh, and so what would happen is if one of these writings um, was not accepted, right? Maybe you have a church that uh, you know, maybe Peter came and spoke at this church. And they get a writing that claims to be from the Gospel of Peter. They read it and they say, whoa, hey, this doesn't line up with what Peter preached. We know Peter. He was here. So they chunked it kind of deal. So, you know, that's one of the things that also had to take place is um, the new, what we know now as the New Testament scriptures were passed among the early church and were approved and accepted uh, and affirmed as being what was actually taught by the prophets and apostles. So I thought that was really cool, right? There was um, really the different writings fell into three categories. They were either universally accepted, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Everybody accepted those as scripture. Uh, They were either debated. People uh, wondered if they were true or not. I think the book of James, uh, the book of 1 John, they were debated a little bit, but eventually uh, they were accepted. Uh, And then there were some books that were just flat out rejected, right? There was the Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Peter, bunch of others that's a whole nother conversation yeah james is an interesting book to look at because it was definitely debated martin luther was not a big fan of james oh yeah mm-hmm. he did not like it hmm. i didn't is, know that yeah you know, look into it i'll go ask martin next time i see him <laughs> probably go. i think martin luther had a list about as long as my leg of things that he didn't like <laughs> go dig him up <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so anyway that's the canon of scripture right all that though uh, it does not make a book inspired, right? There's a guy, uh, if I can find who it is exactly that said it, uh, a guy named F.F. F. Bruce, maybe, and I really have no idea who that is, um, but he said this, and it uh, is true. The New Testament books did not become authoritative for the church because they were formally included in a canonical list on the contrary, the church included them in the canon because she already regarded them as divinely inspired, recognizing her innate worth and generally apostolic authority, direct or indirect. Basically, if you dumb all that down, it's saying the New Testament books were inspired by God and were then recognized by the church. Uh, the problem with especially the Catholic Bible and the Mormon Bible, whoever else's Bible is out there, it, is that human beings try to place authority on a writing, right? So they get it directly backwards. Um, Scripture is not authoritative because some guy said so in the early church. It's authoritative because God inspired it, and the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to produce it. I think another interesting thing is you got to realize not only did the Holy Spirit inspire men to write it, but he also preserved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Through through, Through the years and and timeline so you can have not you don't have to ask questions you can be confident if you have a high view of god the holy spirit because let's not forget that the holy spirit is god so we have a high view of god the holy spirit then we can trust and rest in the reality that he's going to preserve what he inspired men to write yeah yeah i heard someone say one time that if god is big enough to inspire scripture he's big enough to protect it so, so that's scripture. That's a little bit about it. You know, uh, again, as is the case with any of the topics we go over, 
we're not going to be able to get into all the ins and outs of it and totally flesh out all the details as much as we'd love to. Uh, but to we'll post some articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will go hit up the old Facebook page. Uh, I don't guess you can really post articles on Instagram. Um, share articles. Share articles. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Anyway, we'll put it on the uh, socials: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, as always, you can send us a specific question to our email address, fluentgracepodcast at gmail.com. What are we discussing next week before we get to this last little thing? <laughs> That's a good question. Let's just go ahead and tell the people right now what we're discussing. Well, before we tell people what we're discussing, we would have to figure that out. Oh, sure. We're on, not, we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, people out there, send us a question, and I guarantee, how about this? This is dangerous, and I may yes, regret this. Oh, yeah. Tim's going to get a piercing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, but I will, I will say this. The first person that emails us a question to our email address, fluentgracepodcast at gmail.com, I guarantee we'll talk about it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, for better or for worse. Right. We may not give you the answer you want. <laughs> <laughs> we may uh I'll give you the answer you want. <laughs> Just ask it. So anyway. We'll put Tyler in charge of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh but in the absence of questions, who knows what we'll talk about next week. You'll just have to tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever. <laughs> and if you subscribe, it'll download to your device and you will find out next week what we're gonna talk about. Automatically. Yeah. Well, we got one final segment for this week though, Tim. We can't throw the Guinness Book of World Records segment out. So, for this week, we have a guy from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn. And for uh, privacy's sakes, we won't won't say his name. We'll just call him... uh, Mr. F. So, Mr. F is uh is has set out a long time ago to break as many world records as he possibly could. That's a noble endeavor. I know. Like sounds fun. Again, too. I have no clue how he has the funding for this, but somehow he does. Uh this guy is now 62 years old and in his lifetime he has broken over 600 wow. Guinness mm, World Records. Impressive. Currently he holds 200. Um, and I mean, basically the world records that he holds are just out there and crazy, like, uh, Pogo sticking up the side of Mount Fuji (laughs) and, uh, he holds the record for the largest hula hoop dance or whatever you call it when you hula hoop, um, around the body. So 200 records he still holds. Hula hooping is one thing I cannot do. I can't either. At all. I have a new goal. Let's all wreck Mr. F's Guinness World Records. Like, we'll just set out to just destroy his. <laughs> just records. break his. So we're not worried about yeah, it. We don't really else. want to set records. We just want to ruin your day, Mr. F. <laughs> but we love you. But we love you. Yeah, and we, we have a podcast you. you can go subscribe to. Right, yeah. Fluent Grace Podcast. Go listen to it. We'll, we'll give you a shout out. Uh, if we knew your real name, we might give it. But anyway. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to our. Uh, What's our friends? Forkland. 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 To all of our our Forky friends out there in Forkland, Alabama, who listen. Yeah. (laughs) What's up, guys? We're glad to have y'all 
listening. Welcome to Fluent Grace Podcast. This is Tim Wilson. I hate mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, in all seriousness, that's a wrap for today. Uh, we've had fun. <clears throat> Probably more fun than we should we should have had. But uh, anyway, uh, glad you joined us. Hit us up on the socials, Fluent Grace Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Fluent Grace Pod on Twitter. Email address is fluentgracepodcast at gmail.com. For the topic next week, send the email. That's right. Send us an email, shoot us a question, we will get to it. So that's it for today. Gooses. Latest. We out. Well, and that lines up with what we were talking about a few weeks ago when we were talking about faith. Um, just in the idea that, yeah, as three dudes sitting around the table right here, can we know without a shadow of the doubt where the... <laughs> we can definitely cut this out. <laughs> uh, So where can we back? <laughs> where can we back up to to get back on the right track? <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be honest. I don't even remember where we were at. <laughs> you might have to run yours back to check it. Uh, nah, that'll mess us all. A couple up weeks we ago. Where were we? We're so immature. <laughs> I, I was like, this is coming. So I at least This is going to be the on the bonus edition of the podcast. <laughs> the raw and uncut. The bloopers. <laughs> All right. Thank <laughs> you.